This Brewery Pro podcast was recorded at the Bintani Trade Day held earlier this year. In this Brewery Pro trade show podcast, Crystal Peck, Production Innovation Manager from Bort Malt, leads a discussion highlighting the creative innovation that is in Fusion Malt by Bort Malt's Belgian malt house, Belgo Malt. Crystal has a background in molecular biology, worked in a lab for many years, was a secondary school biology teacher, a brewer biologist and head brewer before joining Bolt Malt. This interesting background is evident in her work developing infusion malts. Crystal is joined by Chris Moore, owner and head brewer of Sailor's Grave Brewing, who had the opportunity to brew with some of the first commercial releases of infusion malts in Australia and gives his perspective. The audio starts a little bit abruptly with Crystal, so be prepared to pay attention quickly. Infusion Malt is set to add another tool to the toolkit for brewers, and we hope that you find this presentation as insightful as we did. Now I'm going to talk about Infusion Malt, and I'm just going to segue into that with my background. Um, I've always loved this beer, St. Bernardus. It's from Belgium. I live in Belgium now, which is handy. I can... uh, (laughs) drive to West Flanders and buy this beer. Every year they release this Christmas beer. But it's so fantastic. They, they add the spices into the brewing process just to create this beautiful Christmas ale. Actually, Belgian Christmas ales are a wonderful style. Anyone who hasn't tried them, I recommend. Um, then I was head brewer in a Berliner Weisser uh, focus brewery in Berlin. And I I started brewing my own creative beers. Uh, I started with my winter beers, but then I started doing different seasonal Berliner Weisses. Um, I used all the ingredients I could find just to create complex and nuanced beers. So when I moved to Belgium for this role in innovation, as a brewer, as a creative brewer, I started looking at the malting process with a new set of eyeballs, actually. And I started thinking, huh, imagine if I'm adding these raw ingredients into the malting process rather than the brewing process. Would that work? Like, what would be the outcome? So I started going crazy, testing my ideas, these huge array of raw ingredients in my micro-malting. So I've tested everything, anything, botanicals, spices, herbs, seeds, you name it, wood, hops, actually, um, everything. This is hibiscus in the steep. And what I found after these secret tests, I I didn't want to tell anyone what I was trying because I know the malting, well, my colleagues in Antwerp are pretty old school. Belgians are pretty traditional. (laughs) And um, I knew that they would laugh at me when I told them I was putting lavender into the steep water. So I kind of kept it all to myself until I actually had a bit of um, knowledge to share. Um, But then it exploded. Um, It worked very well, this process, um, and I started creating this whole new range of like these niche nuanced malt varieties, which we now refer to as infusion malts. Uh, This was the first commercial release, the winter spice, Um, and it's a very short video, but I like to play it because it shows how I used to do it, very manual. I think there's music that you'll have to tolerate. So I'm taking the barley here to our 100 kilogram pilot malting installation. And then I'm just, I filled all of these these spices into into bags initially and I threw them into the the steep water. Orange peels, um, cinnamon, star anise. 
Uh, and that was our launch. And I brewed a beer with a local brewery in, in Belgium, in Brussels, with that one. They brewed their Christmas beer, and it was, it was fantastic. Uh, Brussels Beer Project, actually. Uh, and these guys have an open mind, and they're a bit hungry for innovations as well, which is nice, because that can be difficult to find in Belgium. And from there, it went on. Um, I made the Lavender Orange Infusion. That was the second commercial release. And this is, um, yeah, in the one-ton pilot malting. So um, the brewers in the Netherlands actually are very, very excited by this innovation because the, the, the Dutch brewers are very, very progressive. So it's really nice. Um, there's a bunch of Dutch brewers who just jumped on this innovation. Uh, I put this photo in because I knew there'd be some beer geeks in here, and there absolutely are. Um, this Sage and Thyme infusion was my next commercial release, and it was basically... It came from my background brewing Berliner Weisse. Uh, that is a beautiful photo of a pellicle. Some pellicle porn for you all. <laughs> I brewed a Berliner Weisse once with Sage and Thyme, and it was the most beautiful beer I ever made in my life. So I wanted to reproduce that in the malt form. Um, I actually did brew a Berliner Weisse with this malt that's here today. I think some of you have tried it. I didn't use Brettanomyces, though, uh, in that one. That's that. So, now... Um, what is the result in the brewing process? That is the question. So you go to this great length to use these raw ingredients into the malting process, and the number one question I get from brewers, which is totally fair enough, is why would the brewer do this? Why would they use this malt, expensive malt, to produce these beers when they could just use these raw ingredients into the, brew the hot side, into the whirlpool, into the lager tank, etc.? And the answer is pretty straightforward, actually. Um, and it is that the results are completely different. So with these aroma and flavour compounds being embedded into the endosperm of the barley, what we see is a more robust inherent flavouring which is entangled into a complex malt matrix. So the feedback I've had and my experience is that brewers are able to layer their recipes with these malts. Um, so I call it the layering effect. It's very multifaceted, multi-dimensioned um, beers. And on top of that, um, we have also started to identify many novel aromas and flavours in finished beers. Fascinating, I'll come back to that. Um, and also that flavour and aroma compounds derived um, from these raw ingredients in the malting process are um, expressed totally different to those in the brew side of things. Uh, so there's a different result, there's more complexity, and it's indicative of transformation products. So we believe, actually, that it, it runs a lot deeper. This is just a nice quote that um, a brewer in Vietnam, Ho Chi Minh, um, sent to me, and I asked him if I could put it here because it's very articulate. Uh, a more rounded, layered effect compared to Whirlpool Secondary with none of the astringencies from tea, which is totally my experience. So... Of course, um, I wanted to put a bit of data behind this. I'm a biologist, uh, so I teamed up with some very renowned um, scientists at K KU uh, Leuven University. Actually, the Hop Talk before also had these same researchers looking at um, the, thiols, um, the thiol studies. So I teamed up with that lab, and we, did, we decided to do a lot of analytical uh, fingerprinting of the volatile compositions of these malt varieties. Um, so we did um, mass spec, 
headspace, um, solid phase microextraction, gas chromatography, mass spec to actually compare profiles of these infusion malts against a normal Pilsner control. And we've, we, we got some fascinating results here. So this is the control. Uh, this is a Pilsner malt sample. And there, the retention time up at, at the beginning under the green, you see all of these peaks. And these are typical peaks coming from uh, malt, so DMS, aldehydes, etc. But then um, looking at the winter infusion malt, um, we saw an abundant presence of uh, new botanical-related volatiles coming from all of those spices. Um, but we also were interested to understand um, if this was a superficial covering, was this all just stuck in the husk or was this actually penetrating into the endosperm? So we then repeated all of these samples and we removed the husk of these malt varieties and uh, this is actually from the huskless um, sample. So it is actually going right in there into that protein matrix, that complicated starchy protein matrix uh, of the endosperm. Uh, so we saw a lot of compounds in much higher levels in that winter infusion, but we also saw some, um, a lot of compounds exclusively in that winter sample. So it was a clear evidence to us. So we have a lot of plans now because the closer we look at this process, the more complex it actually becomes to us. It's fascinating. Every new infusion malt that I produce is different. Um, I'm teaming back up with that lab in KU Leuven University. Uh, we're going to look at biotransformation. So um, we've started a project where we're going to be um, looking at evidence of those transformation products. Basically, as the embryo is modifying that, that kernel, that that endosperm during the germination phase, there is so many biochemical changes happening that we actually believe that these flavor and aroma compounds coming from these additional raw ingredients are being transformed into novel aroma and flavor compounds. Now I want to prove it. Um, this is a, a big study I've actually embarked upon. Uh, but further to that, we even believe that these infusion molds um, are affecting shelf life of beers. We have seen a much longer shelf life on a lot of these beers, and our, our customers have also reported this as well. Uh, we believe that these raw ingredients are contributing an antioxidant effects largely, so our further studies will also look at these aspects of the infusion malt. We're going to be looking at aldehydes as markers. So, um, the latest re release was the gingerbread cookie infusion malt. If you haven't come and smelled the malt at our stand, please do. I'm absolutely delighted that my mates at Sailor's Grave uh, committed to being the guinea pigs of Australia uh, with this malt. So, I shipped them over at great, oh, great difficulties. Bloody Australian customs. Oh, my God. Um, a couple of bags of this infusion malt for them to brew with. So I'm going to pass over to Chris, and he's going to talk about it uh, from a local brewer's perspective. Thanks, Crystal. Um, great presentation. Um, yeah, we were very excited about this. We'd actually seen quite... A, I can't remember how long ago, but seen glimpses on social media of you doing ex these experiments with infusion malt, and I was immediately intrigued because... We, as a brewery, love to do exactly what you were talking about, layered beers, and we're always looking for another opportunity to add 
a new different type of layer that can integrate into the profile of a beer in a subtle or a dramatic way. It, we're, we're looking for both. So, yeah, I was really excited to, to work with this and we had a, quite a chat through it and when Crystal kind of explained the process as she's done now, um, it, it was, I was really curious to see how the ferment would progress, particularly from uh, the whole brew and through the ferment would progress because my main, not fear, but caution was that this was exactly what you, you said, you had to test to make sure it wasn't, that this was a kind of a, a surface thing, you know, and, and I was concerned that it would be volatile, it would be, the impact would, would be gone through uh, ferment and into package, but the journey was actually really quite the opposite of that. I mean, when these malt bags arrived in the brewery, you could immediately um, smell the amazingly intense aromas coming off the malt, um, the brew day itself, everyone who walked into the brewery was like, what the hell is going on there? It just smelled beautiful. It smelled like these deep, integrated, um, baked spice aromas coming out. Um, everything else was normal about the brewing process. Like, I found no changes to a normal fermentation profile in using, using these malts. Everything performed as it should, but... It was interesting watching the journey, you know, daily tank samples. There was kind of uh, this really strong presence at the beginning, a sensory presence that towards the end had a dip and I thought, oh, it's going to go away. And then it just came right back up again. Um, um, probably stronger, I would say, at the end than, than at the start in the tank. And then uh, during packaging, it's kind of flowered as well. It was uh, really fantastic. But, and from a sensory perspective, it, it does exactly what we wanted. It is, and it's what you said, Crystal, it's integrated. There's this kind of integrated uh, layer of flavour which doesn't feel like you've thrown something into a whirlpool or a bag in the fermenter. Um, it's, it's really uh, embedded in there. Um, it's exciting. Um, and what's, what I also was surprised about is I thought we would need more than we did. We put a fair bit in. We put about 20% in, and I thought it's probably not going to be, you know, we don't want to overwhelm it. We threw a lot of things into this beer, but we were, like, always cautious about overwhelming the malt. But no, you can use this in a, in a strong, dominant way like this, or you can use it in a really subtle way. It, it lets you dial it in in a, in a really good way. And there's something about dealing in volumes of malt versus volumes, volumes of um, um, aromatic spices that gives you a greater degree of control over that sort of dial-in process, I guess. Um, so the beer we made was, sounds like a strange, trendy kitchen sink kind of beer. It's a uh, let them eat cake. It's a carrot cake inspired beer. Reasonably high alcohol, lactose, um, the infusion malt, a lot of carrot juice, a lot of juicing of fresh carrots, um, and vanilla to finish. Um, so you would think if anything was going to defeat this malt, it would be all of that stuff. <laughs> but the malt, the malt won, but it just so rounded and integrated at the same time. So, yeah, really happy with the process, and I'm really excited to try some other styles, especially uh, citrus peel styles. I'm really curious to see how they perform. I'm working on that right now, the yep. citrus citrus infusion. Yep. Yeah, that would be really in our wheelhouse as well. Um, I don't know if anyone's had a chance to try it out there, but give it a, give it a try. It is, um, you'll definitely see exactly what we're talking about. Okay.
Thank you to everyone at home, at work and on the go for listening to this Brewery Pro podcast. If you enjoyed this content, we would appreciate it if you could rate and review the podcast in your app of choice. This helps listeners in the brewing industry find the show organically. If you have any questions, comments or episode ideas or just want to get involved, head to our website, brewsnews.com.au. We love hearing from you all.